0: Coming to you live from the depths of quarantine, this is Thick Man Inc. We are back here with your host, top 100 Madden player Tristan Kilgannon and ESPN featured athlete Isaiah Ashley. Today we are bringing a trade in the NFL that would have been mind-blowing prior to the NFL draft in 2018, along with the ESPN top 74 all-time basketball players remember you can now listen to us on all other podcast platforms the link will be down in the description below for that be sure to follow us on instagram and twitter uh, where we've also been posting more so starting off in 2018 reportedly the seahawks were considering trading russell wilson to the browns for a number for their number one pick and the browns contend the trade was just discussed conceptually and acknowledged that the but acknowledged the discussion did indeed happen And just the idea of trading Russell Wilson is ridiculous. We've never seen a player of his caliber be traded before in the NFL at this point in their career. He's in the prime. He's the only reason they're winning. And if the Seahawks traded Russell Wilson, they would have suffered a fate that the Boston Red Sox suffered when they traded Babe Ruth to the Yankees. He's made the Pro Bowl six out of the last eight years in the NFL, even made it as a rookie. He saved the franchise by being a middle-round success story. They didn't have to give up a ton of capital in the first round. Now they're paying him a ton of money, but who cares? He's been so good for them. He won them a Super Bowl, and if the coach decides to have Marshawn Lynch pounded in on the one-yard line, maybe they're even looking at a second Super Bowl, and maybe the Legion of Boom doesn't fall apart. If imagine if the Seahawks traded the Browns for the number one pick, that would be Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold, and as we look right now, neither of them look to be the greatest quarterbacks ever. So this this trade would have just been absolutely ridiculous, even though they're paying him a shit ton of money right now. So Isaiah, from the Seahawks' point of view, what is your opinion on if this trade would happen or the fact that it was even talked about?
1: Well, for this trade even to be talked about, the first prerequisite is met. League or weed is legal in uh, Oregon, so that possibly could lead to some uh, questionable decision by the Seattle Seahawks front office. I don't know if that was involved. I think there's a possibility, but if this trade is true, and there's no real reason to believe it's not, both teams look like complete idiots starting off with the Seahawks though Russell Wilson not the best quarterback in the league never got an MVP vote but top five definitely top 10 and while the desire may be oh I don't want to pay him the most money for a quarterback ever at the time you don't trade them you don't trade franchise quarterbacks there's not a they're called franchise quarterbacks for a reason there's no history of teams shipping around players of that caliber at that position and I, for the Seahawks' sake, I'm very glad that the Browns decided to uh, decline that offer. But from the Browns' perspective, I can start on this a little bit. Hugh Jackson came out and said he never saw any evidence of this trade happening. First off, that is no reason to believe this trade didn't happen or not. I would not trust Hugh Jackson with one of those tablets you have down on the sideline, let alone with key franchise-altering information. It's just not that something I trust him with or I would trust him with. But the Browns saying no to this is the perfect representation of the Cleveland Browns. Well, you have a transformative player who could have helped your franchise... And who's accustomed to playing behind terrible offensive lines with offensive weapons who aren't as good as the ones which would have been available to him in Cleveland? And you say no, I'm going to take a short dude from Oklahoma or some tall beanstalk named Sam Darnold who hasn't worked out Big yet. Trunky, the coastal ultimate kid. Browns move. He's stocky. Is the ultimate Browns move if they decline this trade, which I think they
0: did. Well, very uh, Cleveland. The, they never declined the trade. I think they just didn't pursue the trade. And if you're the Browns. You do everything in your power to get this trade done. You don't just think about it. Or you have an opportunity to get a top three quarterback in the NFL right now. And you don't trade it because you think Baker Mayfield is going to be better than Russell Wilson. Or you think Sam Darnold is going to be better than Russell Wilson. That's absolutely ridiculous. It's not even like Russell Wilson near the tail end of his career. He's only 31. And he's developed his game in such a way where he doesn't even run as much. And he doesn't take big hits. There are very few... Players in Russell Wilson's class, as far as consistency, and the fact that Browns didn't pursue hardcore to make this trade happen. They, even if they had to give up their first overall pick in other pieces, it would have been a good trade for them. So, especially with the however many quarterbacks they've had in the last twenty years, like twenty-eight or so. I don't even know the number. They've really
1: had too. a range of quarterbacks, like greats named RG three. <laughs> I mean, and. Uh, God, who's that guy who got shipped off to the Packers?
0: Uh, Deshaun, Deshaun Kaiser. They've had those names on the list, but <laughs> keep going. The it's just the fact that they didn't pursue it. Like if if this were, I mean, there was being rumored that they uh back when Russell Wilson was signing his contract that he was maybe go to the Giants. And if the Giants didn't fully pursue that, that's uh, also poor of them too. But especially the Browns, when you're the Browns situation, you ha- basically never had a good quarterback. And you have a sure thing in Russell Wilson and you don't pursue that is just absolutely idiotic to me. Well, I'm
1: briefly going to address what you said, then uh, get to Russell Wilson. But Tristan, if you asked a girl out on a date and she ghosted you, did she turn you down? then the Browns turned down this trade offer. The lack of pursuit is a clear rejection of the Seahawks' advancement to try and get Russell Wilson. You can say, oh, they didn't pursue it. They turned down that trade offer in my mind. They they made a costly mistake there. But now to Russell Wilson. If you're Russell Wilson, I think you announce that you will not play until you are traded to a team you consent to. Your organization tried to exile you to Cleveland. One of the few teams that somehow had a worse offensive line than the Seattle Seahawks at that moment in time, which they refused to build around Wilson, by the way, was the Cleveland Browns. They tried to ship him off there for a prospect. I'd be angry. I know his his contract has a trade clause. I'd say you can opt out of that. It's easy to get out of those. Tell them, hey. I'm not playing for you. You don't respect me, I don't respect you. He's a no-trade clause now, right? He might have a trade clause now. We will do some research and flash that information up on the screen now. If you're Russell Wilson, you try and get out of Seattle. Let him fly again. He's not going to win a Super Bowl in Seattle. That era is over. Let him be free on a good team. Maybe the Patriots. That'd be a good system for him, but I digress. Get me out there if you're Russell Wilson.
0: I think Russell Wilson probably knew about this back then because he wanted a no-trade clause, and apparently that's part of the reason why he got the no-trade clause, because he heard about the whole the whole thing about him being traded to the Browns. So I don't, you know... That
1: feels incredibly speculative. Grand, this whole topic is incredibly speculative, so...
0: Yeah. It is what it is. Moving, you want to move on to something even more yeah, spectacular, we can move on, but first,
1: let us know what you think in the comment section down below, fans. Would it have, who has made the worst decision in rejecting that trade, the Browns or the Seahawks proposing
0: it? They're both morons. Let us know.
1: They're both morons. But now to a topic which, I love this topic. I love talking about the NBA. They're not playing basketball. I don't care. I'm still going to talk about it. But over the last week... ESPN puts together a list of the 74 greatest NBA players ever. And reading this list, it gives me hope. Because if garbage takes like this can be made by ESPN writers and experts, it means that idiots like Tristan and I have a chance of making it in the big time. I have so many gripes with this list that one video would not be enough to fill it out. But I have narrowed it down to three decisions which drive me nuts about this list, which make me question if these guys know basketball, which I know they don't. But first off, how is Pistol Pete Maravich at number 68? Pistol Pete is one of the most transformative players in NBA history, and you put him at 68. He was the father of the fancy dribbling moves and the finishing techniques at the rim and the crazy passes. That's all thanks to him. And on top of all that, before there was a three-point line, he shot from three-point distance. He was the first great three-point shooter, and the three-point line didn't even exist. He played with the three-point line for one season, and during roughly 20 minutes in the game against the Celtics, he made 10 threes in 15 attempts in 20 minutes. That is insane. If he had played with that, his whole career statistics would be even more nutty. He already averaged roughly, what, 24 and a half points a game. At one point, he averaged 30 points a season, taking those shots from outside without a three-point line. If you think of him, you think of you think of guys like uh, Kyrie Irving, Damian Lillard, James Harden. Without Pistol Pete, those guys don't exist. The main gripe against him, oh, he didn't have any playoff success until later in his career when he was a role player. If you have to play Walt Frazier's Knicks and one of the great Celtics dynasties in the first round of the playoffs every year, when your second best player is a Lou Hudson, who can only score, and while Bellamy, whose only skill at that point was being tall, you're not going to win too many series. It is a shame that they put him at 68, but it's even worse. They put guys like Pau Gasol and Ray Allen on this list, who have never won anything without being carried by all-time great players. Or they put Vince Carter on this list, who's never won anything, period. Guys like this being above Pistol Pete is slanderous. Pistol Pete belongs in everyone's top 50, or I don't respect the list.
0: Do you want to hear about a writer for ESPN? There was, they put out an article about uh, just different changes they would make to the top 74, and they these four writers wrote about who they think is ranked too high. And Kevin Pelton said that Pete Maravich was ranked too high, and that Marvin's his actual career was mostly filled with low-calorie scoring that didn't translate into team success. And he says he doesn't even think he belongs in the top 100 NBA players all time. Yeah, he's an idiot.
1: The t- he played on the New Orleans Jazz. Not the Utah Jazz, the New Orleans Jazz. A team with so few other good players on it, they packed the whole franchise up later and shifted off to Mormon country. Pistol Pete had no help and was still able to put up these numbers. He should have averaged 12 assists throughout his whole career, but he didn't have anyone who could make a shot with him. That's gr- The stuff like that, the just lack of knowledge about the game of basketball. And not basketball many people were taking
0: shots back then. It was all layups.
1: It drives me crazy though. Like People saying Pistol Pete doesn't belong in the top 100, they don't know basketball. They have an extreme recency bias or are not knowledgeable about the sport at all.
0: And he works for ESPN, Isaiah. He
1: works for ESPN. I've got a shot. My second try. <laughs> is about a player I really like but Giannis Antetokounmpo should not be at number 27 there is no way that Giannis Antetokounmpo is the 27th greatest player ever he very well could be he is a player of that caliber he has that ceiling he's up there he might even be higher than 27 by the time it's all said and done but you cannot call Giannis Antetokounmpo the 27th greatest player ever after four good seasons you just can't. You've elevated him into the above the likes of Patrick Ewing, Walt Frazier, and Allen Iverson based off one and a half great seasons. It's not fair to him, let alone talking about those guys. It's not fair to Giannis to be put above them. It is an undue amount of pressure to be placed on a guy who just got his Twitter hacked. He's going through it enough as is. He doesn't want to log on, finally get his account back, and see, oh, they put me at 27 all-time. Why am I getting all this criticism? I didn't deserve this. I didn't write this list. But he is going to be ravaged by NBA fans for his placement on this list. It's terrible. It's bad for him. It's bad for who they put above him or below him, depending on how you want so to So how play much play.
0: lower would he be on the list? I'm assuming he's still on your list. Or Conceivably, would be somewhere in top sorry, 74. I'm sorry,
1: he hasn't played long enough. I know he's had, I think, seven or eight years in the league. He's had three seasons I'd say worthy of being put on the top seventy four list. He had a good season prior to that, and then a bunch of seasons where he was learning how to play at the NBA level. He is a great player, but until his career is over and until he's won more than two playoff series, he's on his best season, I think he doesn't belong on the list. Like even Damian Lillard, who squeaked at seventy two, I'd say based off the length of his career and the level of success he has, he is more accomplished than Yas. I know he's never won an MVP part of that is due to playing in Portland. I feel bad for the man.
0: But uh, do you would would someone like James Harden be James Harden than him on James Harden would definitely be the on that list. list.
1: He's had a longer career and unlike Giannis, I feel like once he escaped, even on the Oklahoma City Thunder, he was the best 6 man in the league. He was a better version of Lou Williams. He was an all-time great 6 man and then he transitioned to the role as a starter and immediately took fire. He is cha- he James Harden's transformative. The system he plays in, it's also transformative, but the way James Harden plays has also led to the ba- game of basketball being played differently. That also makes you greater. Giannis has not changed anything; he has just been a freakish athlete who is. If great Giannis
0: basketball. would have gone back-to-back MVP, like many of them suspect he would do this year, if it if the coronavirus didn't happen, would he might be pl- able Do you think his placement at twenty-seven would still be as egregious? No, still be or... terrible.
1: You can't even. I'm including this year in saying four good seasons. You can't put someone. As his 27th best player ever after four seasons. That's really
0: dope. Even with back to back MVPs. There are
1: plenty of back to back MVPs. Like, I'm not going to say plenty. There are people who have won multiple MVPs. Steve Nash, I'm pretty sure. Let me look at the list right now. Steve Nash won multiple MVPs and was placed lower than, uh, or he's placed above. Yeah, he's, at 30. he's at 30. So, no, I don't think two MVPs is enough to do it. And Steve Nash has been out of the league, he's retired, he's done, his legacy is in cement.
0: But they've put Yeah, but Steve Nash is also a short white dude, so you know they can't put him up that high. It's like
1: six foot five, but my final gripe with this list is the slander that has befallen David Robinson. They've put David Robinson at number twenty four. David Robinson is borderline top ten. He is arguably the best defender ever. He locked down players like Akeem Olajuwon and bullied Shaquille O'Neal when he was injurious prime on the Orlando Magic. And as an all-time great defender, you'd think his offensive game would slip. You would be so wrong. He has led the league in scoring. Before. He has scored 71 points a ga- in a game once.
0: Again, a been... game, that would have been... 71 points
1: a game. I think he might be a little bit higher. <laughs> yeah. But he has... L- Mm. He has been unstoppable for the first six years he entered the league. No one could stop David Robinson on the offensive end. He had some injuries later in his career; it slowed him down a little bit. But he is still an MVP. He's still a block champ. He's still a rebound champ. He beat out guys like Hakeem Elijahon and Dennis Rodman for those titles when he was playing in the league in the '90s. He was a phenomenal player. He dominated the center position in an era where the center position was incredibly strong. The, he has two championships. The only thing that shows him back, he was never the best player on those championship teams. By the point he was there, Tim Duncan was on the team. He had, had his foot injury. He was only averaging roughly 15 to 17 a game while still being a dominant force in the defensive end. That is the slight against him. But to put players like Charles Barkley, who never won anything, who probably didn't deserve his MVP award, above him, that's slanderous. That's really bad. I love Charles Barkley. Great TV guy. He is not better than David Robinson. And to put Dirk Nowitzki, the, he's a great Euro. I kid it. He's the first Euro. He is a transformative guy. He's not better than David Robinson. He's not greater than David Robinson. David Robinson should be respected. He's a top five center, in my opinion.
0: Well, you just talked about David Robinson not being the best player. Sorry to interrupt you, but be, not being the best player on his team both for both championships. And Dirk Nowitzki was the best player on the Dallas Mavericks who beat the Miami Heat team who everyone said was unfair and they were the first super team so that's a pretty big deal when it comes Ben Wallace was the best player
1: on the Detroit Pistons team that beat the Lakers when they had Shaq and Kobe does that mean Ben Wallace is better than David Robinson Ben Wallace is all-time great player too by
0: the way no but Ben Wallace also didn't have Dirk Nowitzki's overall career and he also didn't play for 90 years like Dirk Nowitzki did in
1: terms of being a great basketball player David Robinson is greater than Dirk Nowitzki Dirk Nowitzki I'm not even willing to say he's a better scorer than David Robinson he is a, a much better singular shot than anything David Robinson had in his repertoire but David Robinson is a better score than Dirk in my opinion Bef- without even factoring in Dirk he's not a terrible defender but Dirk was never a great defender and you look at David Robinson's defense and rebounding it just elevates him so far above Dirk in my opinion.
0: It's. I mean, Dirk has Dirk in his last few years. His stats have gone down trem- tremendously, but over his career from nineteen ninety eight to two thousand nineteen, he still has twenty point seven points per game. That's pretty crazy, especially considering that his game is a uh, game and physical ability has even after leveled off in his last even few years. after
1: nearly destroying his foot and playing the last five or so seasons with that injury and still putting up decent numbers. David Robinson still isn't beat, though, with 21.1 points a game. Like, you can say, oh...
0: Well, he didn't play those seasons, so he didn't even have to average any points because he was injured.
1: Uh, David Robinson missed one season while the Spurs were tanking, played only six games, and came back Scored 17 a game. Excuse me. Did not score 17. A game. Scored 21 a game. Scored 16 a game. Scored 18 a game. And his decline really hit when Tim Duncan started becoming the man of that offense, going down to 14, 12,
0: and eight and a half.
1: But no, Dirk Nowitzki is not a better scorer than David Robinson. He played for longer. Okay, congratulations. Are we gonna say? I'm assuming Karina, you'd have
0: him in front of Kevin Garnett, I'd so. have him
1: in front of KG as well. KG. I love him in terms of defensively, but it's kind of the same thing as Dirk. Like he's—he seems a David bit high Robinson up to me. is a better version of Kevin Garnett, in my opinion. You can say what you want about and say, oh, he didn't play long enough. In terms of greatness, David Robinson is one of the greatest. But those are the big three, which drive me nuts. There's some other stuff on this list, like Dwayne Wade being ranked one spot below or above Dwayne Wade's 26 Kawhi Leonard's 25 I think that's a bit premature even if Kawhi finishes his career out great that's I'd have to agree with wrong. you also on that there's the uh, Steph Curry Kevin Durant thing which is kind of subjective and then there's just a plethora of recency bias throughout this
0: list I mean, I think you see it the most with Kawhi Leonard with every ESPN, all the sports talk shows, sucking off the Clippers. You got, uh, well, he's not with ESPN, but you got Skip Bayless, who thinks Kawhi Leonard's the greatest thing since sliced bread on the Clippers. And he thinks the Clippers would have beat the Lakers in the playoffs this year. And, you know, the whole thing that happened with the Rockets, leading the Rockets to the championship. So I think Kawhi Leonard's placing 25. the Raptors to the championship. Uh, sorry, I meant to say Raptors, clearly. But... I think the Kawhi Leonard is definitely one that's based off recency bias, especially when you see Dwayne Wade who has multiple championship rings and he's behind him. So,
1: Anything you'd like to add about this list?
0: I mean, I don't have as many comments as you do. I was not as upset about the list. The only, I you know, was kind of shocked to see Russell Westbrook included in a top 74 list when the media is constantly complaining about him saying how he's you know, overrated and stuff like that. That seems the only thing you ever see to come up about him in the media. And I saw a lot of discussion about Kobe Bryant's placement at nine being ridiculous, and I should have been top five, or he should have been a number three, but I don't think that's that big of a deal. Uh, I think a lot of the players in front of him, they're all great players. Every player in the top 10 is an all time great, and we're one, the best or one of the best players in the league. But the only two I can see him, he's a really good argument, to be above is. Tim Duncan, because his head-to-head record versus Tim Duncan was better. And I think, I mean, you could say he should be ahead of Magic Johnson because they played for the same exact organization. Kobe Bryant won more rings. He was impactful in the NBA. But I I don't really understand why people were so upset. And I don't want to piss people off, but I think the reason they're so upset is just because of his tragic recent passing. Yeah,
1: I'd agree with that. Kobe, once you get in the top 10, I think... It's incredibly subjective like the top three or four relatively unsubjective everything else i don't get mad at people for saying kobe's the best player ever they probably didn't watch michael jordan and frankly lebron James' game is not as exciting and electrifying as kobe bryant's i'd see why you'd have that opinion so i don't get mad at people for that one thing I do get mad at, though, and this is the final thing I'll say about the list, is uh Will Chamberlain being below Bill Russell. That's comedic.
0: <laughs> Bill
1: Russell won 11 rings, though, Isaiah. You want to hear some stats about Bill Give Russell me and some Will stats. Over their historical career playing each other, they played against each other in 94 games. Will Chamberlain averaged 30 points and 28 rebounds against Bill Russell. While Bill Russell, while playing Will Chamberlain, averaged 14 points, 22 rebounds, and shot 37%. Will Chamberlain dominated Bill Russell in every statistical category there is. He was a better defender than him. I know it's controversial, but he was. He had uh, Blocks were count back then. If they were, Will Chamberlain would lead the league. He was a better athlete than Bill Russell. He was 7'1", bench-pressed 400 pounds, could touch the top of the backboard easily. He had worse teams. Bill Russell played with seven Hall of Famers. Will Chamberlain did not have that luxury. That is the reason Bill Russell is regarded as better than Wilt. But head-to-head, Wilt is substantially better than Bill Russell. Will Chamberlain is the best basketball player ever. He is not the greatest basketball player ever, but he is the best basketball player ever.
0: Most physically dominant basketball player ever. No, he is the best basketball player ever.
1: Physically dominant would be George Mikan.
0: George Mikan, <laughs> looks like he should be working in a library. He wasn't six foot ten. yes. expect The whitest player I've ever seen. I didn't know who he was, and I don't know much about him, but when I saw his picture on the list, I was like, that is the whitest NBA player I've ever seen in my life.
1: Expect a potential video about a whole bunch of old NBA topics if we're going to still be in Goran One of those, maybe George Mikan. Who knows? He has quite the uh,
0: storied career. Yeah, maybe George Mikan will be a future video. That has been our podcast for this week. Thank you for tuning in. If you you are watching on a different platform, please let us know what you thought, uh, what you think about the audio only. Follow us on our socials. And see you next week.